Welcome to The Complete Works, an official podcast of Filmbook. The Complete Works is a podcast that delves film by film into the filmography of a Hollywood actor, director, writer, or composer. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of The Complete Works. I am your host, Doug Hess. If you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. If you're coming back as a regular viewer, thank you again for tuning in to Complete Works. So what we do here on The Complete Works is we uh, use this podcast to discuss a specific movie from a film actor, actress, director, or composer's film career. Currently, we are working our way through a new um, individual, and that is going to be Christopher Nolan. Uh, we just fil- finished up with the Nicolas Cage film history, if you will, as an actor. Now we're moving on to Christopher Nolan, who is a director. And in this episode of The Complete Works, we're going to be looking at following Christopher Nolan's, Nolan, excuse me, it's the first film that he directed. Uh, if you'd like to find out more about The Complete Works podcast, you can go to thefilm-book.com. By using the search term "the complete works," you can also email us at podcast at filmbook. Excuse me, that's podcast at film bookcom Again, that's podcast at film bookcom with the complete works in the subject line, or you can put Christopher Nolan or the following uh, because that's the film we're going to be dealing with today. If you like what you hear on this podcast, please hit the subscription button. So every time a new podcast is uploaded, it goes right to the device that you're listening to. Um, as we mentioned, uh, just a moment ago, we just finished with Nicholas Cage and we're moving on to a new, um, individual, Christopher Nolan. And we're going to be looking at the film, The Following, which is his first film. But uh, before we jump in, like we do in every episode, talking about some trivia, um, also looking at the cast that's in the particular film, and then the storyline, reviews, my thoughts, etc. Since we're going to a new um, individual, I thought it would be interesting just to start out this podcast talking a little bit about Christopher Nolan. Um, so a little bit about uh, him. He is best known for his... Um, off non-liner storytelling, he's acclaimed writer, director, and we're talking about Christopher Nolan, who was born on July 30th, 1970, in London, England, and over the course of 15 years of filmmaking, Nolan has gone from a low-budget independent films to working on some of the biggest blockbusters uh, in the industry. And like I said, we're going to be talking about his first uh, film, which was a very low-budget independent film, and we'll get to that in just a few minutes. Uh, a little bit more about uh, Christopher Nolan. Uh, at age seven, uh, Nolan began making short movies with his father's uh, Super 8 uh, camera. And then while studying English literature at the University College London, he shot 16 millimeter films at UCL. And again, it's the University of College London's Film Society, where he learned the guerrilla techniques he would later use to make his uh, first feature film, The Following, back in 1998. Uh, on a budget of around $6,000. The No Thrill was recognized as a number of international film festivals prior to its uh, theatrical release, and it gained Nolan enough credibility that he was able to gather 
substantial uh, financing for additional film or his next film, which many of you will recognize uh, his second film, which was Memento uh, in 2000, which he not only directed from his own screenplay based on a short story by his brother, Jonathan, uh, and this film starred Guy Pierce, And it went on to receive uh, several honors, um, including an Academy Award and Golden Globe Award nomination for the Best Original Screenplay. So just imagine second film, and he's getting nominated. Uh, the turning point in Nicholas, or excuse me, I don't know if I say, keep saying Nicholas, but in uh, uh, Nolan's career um, occurred when he was awarded the chance uh, to receive the Batman franchise in 2005. In Batman Begins, which was in 2005, like I mentioned, Nolan uh, brought a level of gravity back to the ironic hero. His gritty, modern interpretation was greeted with praise from not only fans, but also from critics alike. Uh, before moving on to a Batman sequel, however, uh, Nolan directed and co-wrote and produced the mystery th uh, thriller The Prodigy, in 2006, which starred Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman as mag magicians who obsessed rivalries lead to tragedy and also a murder in that film. And those are films that we'll be talking about in future episodes. Uh, back in, uh, excuse me, then we go to 2008. Nolan uh, is then directed and co-wrote and produced The Dark Knight, which went on to gross more than a billion dollars uh, worldwide. He received a nomination from the Directors Guild of America Award, the Writers Guild of America, and the Producers Guild of America Award, and the film also received eight Academy Award nominations. Fast forward to 2010, and then we find that Nolan uh, captivated audience again uh, with his science um, sci-fi thriller Inception, 2010, which he not only directed, uh, but he also produced from his own original screenplay. This thought-provoking drama was a worldwide block blockbuster, earning over $800 million and becoming one of the most discussed and debated films of the year. He received many uh, honors. It received four Academy Awards and eight nominations, including Best Picture and Screenplay. Uh, he was also, again, recognized by his peers, once again, for all of his hard work on that particular film. Then we go into uh, 2012, The Dark Knight Arises, uh, which then concludes Nolan's Batman uh, trilogy. Uh, due to his success rebooting the Batman character, Warner Brothers enlisted Nolan to produce their uh, revamped Superman movie, Man of Steel, in 2013 which opened uh, in the summer of 2013. Then in 2014, Nolan directed, wrote, and produced the sci-fi uh, epic Instellar, 2014, uh, starring Matthew McConaughey and Hathaway. Um, Paramount Pictures and Warren Brothers then released the film on November the 5th, 2014, to positive reviews and a strong box office, which he grossed over $670 million worldwide. So a couple of things about uh, Nolan. He resides currently in Los Angeles, California, with his wife, who is a producer, Emma Thompson, and their children, and they have their own uh, production company. A couple of trivia things that I thought was kind of neat when I was doing a little bit of research on um, 
Christopher Nolan. Um, his top ten favorite movies are, in no particular order, 2001 A Space Odyssey, which was released back in 1968, The Black Hole, back in 1979, a Disney movie, Blade Runner, 1982, Chinatown in 74, The Hitchhiker in 86, Lawrence of Arabia, 1962, Her Majesty's Secret Service, 1969, um, that is a uh, James Bond, if you're not uh, familiar with that, Star Wars Episode 4, uh, excuse me, yeah, 4, A New Hope, which was released in 1977, A Man Who Would Be King, 1975, uh, as well as Anything by Stanley um, Kupnik. Uh, a couple other quick uh, neat trivia, I thought. Um, following Insomnia in 2002, his next project was going to be a Howard Hughes uh, biopic starring Jim Carrey. However, uh, he had started the screenplay calling it one of the best things he had ever written. And, but he then found out that uh, Martin Scorsese was also making his own Howard Hughes biopic, which was The Avi Aviator in 2004. Uh, and then basically what happened was Nolan reluctantly tabled his script and took up directing Batman Begins in that was released in 2005. Uh, Nolan uh, is a huge fan of the rock band Radiohead. He was offered to direct Troy, uh, that was released in 2004, and he is the first non-American director to direct a Batman film. So just a couple quick trivias or trivia about um, Christopher Nolan, who is uh, the individual that we are talking about and starting a new series on, on this episode of The Complete Works. So... Um, the first movie um, that Christopher Nolan uh, directed is The Following. And so as we do on every episode is we're just going to jump into a little bit of some trivia regarding uh, The Following. So um, what was really interesting is the primary or principal photography of this film took over really a year to, to, to do. It was because all the cast and crew had other full-time jobs, and they were able really only to work on it um, on weekends, Saturdays and Sundays. And that's what took really basically a year to complete the project. Uh, Christopher Nolan came up with the idea of the film because he had his home broken into and wondered what people thought as they went around looking at all of his belongings. And we'll come back and talk a little bit about that here in a few minutes. Um, Christopher Nolan never studied filmmaking at any university. He studied, like I said, English literature at the University College in London and used Film Society there to shoot the opening dialogue scene between Bill and the policeman in the movie The Following. Uh, the whole film is shot almost entirely uh, handheld single camera. Uh, another trivia point is the clock that Cobb steals is the same clock as in Christopher Nolan's Mementos, which is his next film after the following. Uh, this is uh, his directorial debut with a featured-length film. Uh, you'll see Bill's posters include Reserve Dogs, uh, 1992, Casablanca, 1942, uh, Sunset Boulevard, 1950, The Shining, uh, from 1980 and um, a poster of Marilyn Monroe. 
Um, let's see here. A couple other things. Uh, the, the alias used by Bill in the bar is Danny Lloyd. Danny Lloyd is the name of the lead child actor in Stanley Kubrick's, excuse me, The Shining. Christopher Nolan is a fan of Kubrick and considers him one of his primary influencers when it comes to films. Um, The second apartment Bill and Cobb break into has a Batman sticker on the door. Christopher Nolan would go on to later direct the the Dark Knight uh, trilogy which consisted of Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the production um, budget of the film, like I said earlier at the beginning, is only about $6,000, which makes it one of the least expensive films in history. Uh, the surname Cobb is also used uh, by the character Dom Cobb, another thief, uh, played by Leonardo DiCaprio in... Christopher Nolan's 2010 film, Inception. The only Christopher uh, Nolan movie where his wife, Emma Thomas, plays a role. The famous Here's Johnny picture from The Shining is shown in Bill's apartment. Again, you'll see that as uh, because... um, um, Christopher Nolan is a huge fan of Stanley um, Krupens. Uh, A couple other things. Uh, This film has, excuse me, this film and his follow-up film, Memento, are as of 2018 the only films Christopher Nolan has directed that were not produced by Warren Brothers, the Warren Brothers. Uh, There's a painting uh, by Mark Rothko hanging in the wall of a young of the young man's room visible when he visits it with Cobbs. This along with Insomnia in 2002 and Dunkirk 2017 are the only films Christopher Nolan has made, which did not have any non American actors playing American characters. Uh, A couple other quick things here. Um, Both Jeremy, uh, Theobald and Lucy Russell appear in Batman Begins. Um, oh, uh, I thought something was kind of interesting here, talking about the director's trademark when it's coming here. Christopher Nolan, um, so there's a credit card break-in, and the Cobb's attempts, Cobb attempts to break into a flat using a credit card. This is the same method uh, that is used in a memento in insomnium. So, like I said, it's kind of like a uh, trademark that the director uses is uh, a credit card um, in terms of that. Um, want to be very careful here on a couple other things because if you haven't seen the movie, there might be some spoiler alerts here. Just, just a heads up. Um, the narrative jumps 31 times between different time periods of the story making following the movie uh, perplexing. And Cobb is a thief in the movie, or a burglar, however you want to say it. As Bill understands it, Cobb is also the last name of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character in uh, Inception, um, who is a thief and steals ideas by getting into people's um, heads or in their dreams. Following is also about implanting false evidence into onto Bill, Deceiving and the understanding of police by getting into Bill's life. So, 
uh, just a couple quick, like I said, some some trivia when it comes to uh, the movie following in Christopher uh, Nolan there. Uh, the cast, like I said, it was directed and written by Christopher Nolan. Uh, Jeremy Theobald is, plays the young man. Uh, Alex Hall is Cobb. Lucy Russell plays the blonde. Um, John Nolan plays the policeman. Uh, Jennifer Engel is a waitress. Nicholas Carlot is barman. And Guy Greenway is heavy number one. Uh, just kind of give you an idea of some of the cast uh, that's in the film. So box office. So I've mentioned this several different times. The budget, it was roughly about $6,000 uh, in the U.S., uh, or I should really say um, uh, cumulative worldwide gross was around $48,482, so a nice uh, little return on investment. It was uh, production company was Next Wave Films. The runtime is just a little over an hour at 69 minutes. It was shot in the United Kingdom. It was released, like I said, in November the 5th, 1999. And it was shot in black and white. So just kind of give you a little update on there. So what is the storyline? Well, we, we told you some of the trivia here was that uh, Nolan really kind of got the idea for this film when he had his um, home broken into. And like I said, he kind of had the idea of thinking, what do people think when they start going through other people's uh, private uh, items and materials. So the storyline, it's an older man listens to Bill's story about uh, a, um, a writer who likes to follow strangers around London, ob observing them. One day, a glib and self-confident man whom Bill has been following confronts him. He's Cobb. He's a, a thief who takes Bill under his wing and shows him how to break in and enter into people's homes. They uh, enter a woman's flat. Bill gets intrigued with her photographs are everywhere uh, throughout the, the, her flat. He follows her and chats with her at a bar owned by her ex-boyfriend. It's a nasty piece of work who kills someone in her living room with a hammer. Uh, so Soon Bill is volunteering to do her a favor, which involves a break-in. What does the older man know that Bill doesn't? So that's kind of the, the quick storyline uh, in terms of that, so let me give you a quick synopsis of the of the movie. So what happens here is, like I said, a struggling, unemployed young writer, credited only as the young man in the film. That's kind of his his name, if you will, which was uh, played by uh, Jeremy Theobald, and he takes to following strangers around the streets of London trying to find um, inspiration, if you will, for his first novel. Uh, instinctively, he sets strict rules for himself regarding whom he should follow and for how long, but he soon dis discards them as he focuses on a well-groomed, handsome man in a dark suit. Okay? So like everything else, he has rules that he thinks he's going to follow. It wouldn't be a great movie if you didn't throw all those out. So the man in the suit, uh, having noticed that he's being followed, quickly confronts a young man, introduces himself as Cobb. Cobb reveals that he is a, um, a thief and invites a young man who uh, tells Cobb his name is Bill to accompany, comp 
follow him, go along with him. Oh, man, I can't talk today. On a variety of uh, different uh, break-ins, the material gains from these crimes seem to be second nature uh, or second importance to Cobb. He takes uh, pleasure in rifling through personal items of his target flats and drinking their wine. He explains that his true passion is using the stock of robbery and violation of property to make make his victims re-examine their lives. He sums up his attitude this way. You take it away and show them what they had. Okay? So basically, he wants to challenge people to make them understand what they have or to kind of reevaluate, like I said, their lives and making sure that they understand um, what they have in terms of that. So the young man is thrilled to have Cobb uh, lifestyle. He attempts break in on his own as Cobb encourages and guides him. As Cobb suggests, he alters his appearance, cutting his hair short and wearing a dark suit. He assumes the name uh, Daniel Lloyd based on the credit card Cobb gives him and begins to pursue a relationship with the blonde woman whose flat he and Cobb had broken into. The blonde turns out to be the girlfriend of a small-time gangster, only known as the bald guy in the film, whom she has broken up with him uh, after he murdered a man in her flat. Soon the blonde confides that the bald guy is blackmailing her with indecent uh, photographs, so the young man breaks into the bald guy's safe but is caught in the act by an unidentified man. He then uh, bungalows a man with a claw hammer and flees with the bald guy's uh, money and the photos. Upon returning to his flat, he finds that the photos are innocent modeling shots, so they're not incriminating at all uh, in terms of that. So, You probably know where this is going. Uh, Confronting the blonde, uh, the young man learns that she and Cobb have been working together uh, for years on this theft uh, or these theft methods, I should say it that way. She tells him that Cobb has recently discovered a murdered woman's body during one of his burglars and is attempting to deflect suspicion from himself by making it appear as though there has been multiple thefts going along at the same time. Um, the young man leaves to turn himself into the police, but the blonde reports her uh, success to Cobb, who then reveals that he actually works for the ball guy. The story about the murdered woman was part of a plot to deceive both the blonde and the young man. The blonde has been blackmailing the ball guy with evidence from the murder he committed in her flat, and he wants her murdered in such a way that it cannot be uh, connected to him. Cobb... Um, and the blonde uh, murders the blonde to, de- to death with a claw hammer that the young man used during the the burger, the, the theft of the bald guy's safe and leaves it at the scene. Uh, the police is checking out the young man's story, find that the blonde's murder in the claw hammer with his fingerprints on it. So the young man is thus impl- implemented uh, for the murder of the blonde woman, Cobb, meanwhile, vanishes into thin air or into the crowd. Sorry, trying to read my notes out when I was trying to do a quick summary of this film. So basically what we have here is um, 
It's a, it's a really interesting concept, um, but it, it's a who's got who twisted uh, murder. Um, I wouldn't say conspiracy, but it's, it's just kind of a, 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 a twisted take on who is trying to deceive and who is trying to rob who in the process. So um, there were some goofs in the process uh, when, you know, we're talking about continuing scenes. A lot of times, you know, uh, a lot of our fans know this. They'll take a shot and then uh, take a break or cut, and then they'll try to go back in and re um, figure that complete shot. So what happens in one shot when Cobb puts the glove in the woman's uh, in the young man's mouth, it is half sticking out, but in the next scene, it is almost completely in the young man's mouth. Uh, another one is at the side of the safety safe robbery. When the young man drops his pants to take the money to his leg, he's wearing striped underwear, uh, which are also seen hanging on a clothesline during the confrontation between the young man and Cobb later in the film. But when he returns to his apartment and removes the money, he is wearing underwear with polka dotted polka dots. So, um, probably wasn't all filmed at the same time, right? Uh, during the safe a robbery, Bill is clearly shown wearing gloves, most uh, noticeably when he pulls the paper with the combination from his pocket. However, as he starts to open the safe, the gloves are gone and they never reappear. Another one is when uh, Bill goes through the blondes, things at his place. The clock he picks from the bag shows 1244. Moments later, he picks the blondes photo and sets them against the same clock, which is now showing 1236. Okay. Um, another one is during the safe robbery, a, as the young man is taping money to his torso, his shirt buttons are open. He then lowers his pants and tapes the money to his leg. The policeman enters, and they break into a fight, letting the policeman fall uh, to the floor. The young man hurries his pants up and leaves, even though he hasn't buttoned his shirt. Um, his shirt is buttoned as he heads out of the room containing the safe. So just a few different uh, thoughts when it comes to uh, not having everything matching up um, completely. Does it make or break the film? No. It's just one of those things that uh, when you're watching the film, it's just kind of neat to, to have some of the, the goofs uh, on there. Sometimes uh, some of that will point right out at us. Other times you have to watch the film maybe two or three times to be able to, to catch that, and you're looking for that particular type of uh, mistake, if you will, in the film. So what did I think of the film following? I really enjoyed it. For a couple reasons. One, I'm a huge black and white fan, so as soon as I saw that um, it was going to be a black and white film, I, I love the classics. I love the, the old black and white film. And so right there, I, I was leaning towards liking it, even though I hadn't seen the movie yet. The other thing that I, I really enjoyed about the movie was I liked the concept. Uh, after, and, and that's one nice thing about doing uh, this podcast, I get to do a little research. And a lot of times when you're watching a film, you just watch a film and that's it. You're doing it for pure entertainment value. Uh, doing this podcast, not only do I get to watch movies, but I also get to do a little research uh, regarding uh, maybe an actor or an actress, or in this case, a director, 
and how does somebody as the writer or director get their inspiration? And it was really cool to think that, I mean, I, I hate to say it in the, these terms, that he actually went through a, a, a situation where he was robbed and that inspired him to kind of write this movie and, and film it. So that in itself were, were two things that jumped out at me um, right away uh, in terms of that. But having said all that, even if it had been in color, even if I hadn't have known that, I thought this was really a, a, a great film. I, all right, maybe it's not was a great film, but let me say it was a good film. Um, I like the idea of this being his first film. There was parts of it that I thought were a little um, choppy, if you will. Uh, and then when I realized that this was really his first film, I'm like, wow, it was actually pretty good for somebody's uh, first film. Um, the acting, to be able to think that you spread that out over a year, a lot of times when you're doing a film, as, as you guys know, maybe you're shooting it in 30 days, 45 days. But to think that you had to stay in character or come back on weekends after a five-day break for over a year – I thought the characters did a wonderful job having that type of restraint or pressure placed on them that most characters don't have to go through that um, that wait period. So there was a lot of positives in, in this film. And from what I could tell when I went out and did some research, like I said, listening to what some of the critics had to say, most everybody agreed Obviously, there's always going to be one or two in the group that, that didn't like the film for whatever reason. It wasn't uh, realistic or it wasn't believable or whatever the case might be. But overall, I have to agree not only with the critics, but also with the fans that on a scale of um, one to ten, one being the worst, ten being excellent, I'm really going to give this a seven on this. Uh, for a lot of reasons, one, it had me because of the black and white. I really love the concept of how the movie came about. But also thinking that what the actors and actresses had to go through uh, and really spread this out over a year to, to film really was something that, that was really inspiring. I thought they did a great job. Uh, the low budget, uh, everything just kind of spoke to me as you couldn't tell. And, and that was uh, a, a sign of a really a good film. So, like I said, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being terrible, 10 being outstanding, I'm going to give this film a 7. Uh, pretty high number uh, in, in my book, uh, but I thought it was well uh, worth it. Um, and it was just really kind of enjoyable film. I, I'll have to be honest with you. This was not a film that uh, uh, I was aware of. Obviously, there's several films in here, uh, Memento, uh, the, the Batman series, um, oh, uh, Insomnia, Dunkirk. Uh, there was another one in here that I'm totally forgetting. Uh, oh, Inception uh, was another one, but um, The Prestige with um, Hugh Jackson and Christian Bale. Great film. So I knew all those films. I'd seen all those films before, but I really didn't know the following. And then putting everything in perspective that you, he really got his roots with this movie, the following. And you could see over time how he was uh, developing um, 
his style and his signature within the films. So, like I said, on a scale of 1 to, to 10, I'm going to give this film a 7. I was really impressed and pleased with it um, that I wasn't 100% sure of, uh, honestly, even though I, I said I liked some things about it um, before I, I jumped into it. But you really you really don't know what you're going to uh, see, uh, how is it going to feel. And overall, like I said, I, I really enjoyed this film. So we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Complete Works. You can find more of my work on film-book.com. Just search for Doug Hess or The Complete Works. You can also find me on Twitter at HessDoug14. Again, that's HessDoug14. If you listen to this podcast on iTunes or another podcast service, please rate and review this episode. If you're listening to the podcast on our YouTube channel, Film Book Podcast, please like our video. Uh, subscription to our channel and leave us a comment in the comment section tune in the next time when i review and analyze the next christopher nolan film i want to thank you for listening and we'll see you soon